Hey, y'all. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> Remember those dinosaur cartoon? We're back. I don't think so. What? I don't know. That was the... The ugly dinosaurs? No, it was the dinosaurs were back. They were like, an alien gave them cereal. And then when he gave them cereal, it made them smart. And they oh. could talk. And then he took them to like the future where the humans were. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I've never seen <laughs> We'll that. have to watch We're Back then. Oh, my god. Because we're back. We're back. At Nerdscape. Where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. Yes, that is the podcast yeah. we we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Our podcast. And today's episode is going to be a very good one. Mm-hmm. This comic book is amazing. Yeah, I'm blown away. It is episode six. Woohoo! Little Bird. Yes. We've got Darcy Van Holgeist, we've got Ian Bertram, and Matt Hollingsworth. So Darcy is our writer, Ian is our artist, and Matt is our colorist. It is from Image Comics, and it won the Eiser Award for Best Limited Series. Uh, Book one, The Flight for Elders Hope, uh, was published November 2019, but issue number one is from March 13, 2019. So this is a fresh new comic book, fresh new story. It was so amazing. We have to share it with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Little Bird was written on the traditional, ancestral, and unseating territories of the Musqueam people. I know it's very random that I say this, but this is written in the front, basically publishing page of this comic book because of the meaning to it. And I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that because the, the author wants you all to know that as well. Yep. The Arthur Darcy von Polgeis uh, does it to acknowledge the people. It is the oldest known residence in Vancouver. Uh, is the first nation banned government in the Canadian province of British Columbia. Nice. Why does this all make sense? Because Darcy von Polgeis, our artist, lives in Vancouver. But yeah, we'll go right into Darcy von uh, Polgeis, uh, DVP Direct, as he goes on IG and Twitter. So at DVP Direct. He started as a screenwriter and director. He loves making comic books because it's an intimate process between himself and the other creators. The main character connected to the indigenous people uh, of Little Bird. His mother and his grandparents stood with indigenous communities at protests protecting wildlife and old growth forest. And this had a big impact on his life. This story is about an indigenous community trying to survive this powerful government trying to take it over. Yeah. He has gone to say that Little Bird, the main character, kind of looks like his daughter. Um, his daughter is black, white, Chinese, and indigenous. And Little Bird kind of has like that mixture, you yeah. know. He likes that idea because he imagines a world where his daughter doesn't take shit from anyone. <laughs> we love it. He also loves going on walks. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a brand new comic book artist. Like, yeah. It's kinda, like he doesn't really have a huge background with like the publishing communities like DC, Marvel, you right. know. He just wrote this story. He's working with people who are in this community and uh, we'll share some of those with you as well. The artist, Ian Beertrum. Honestly, probably one of my favorite artists of all time. It made me stop. Yeah. On multiple occasions. Like, amazing work, Ian. Like It's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. Um, but he is an American comic book artist. He is at Ian Bertram, Inc. on Instagram. Um, he is from New York. He's running for Marvel. He's running for DC, Image, Dark Horse. Um, he does a comic book called First Knife that I actually have in my, uh, it's in my waiting box at the co- local comic book store. But he's also worked on Zero, Batman, Eternal, uh, Detective Comics, uh, Ian Bertram at Ian Bertram Inc. Check him out. Um, and our colorist, who's been in the game since 1991 of comic books, is Matt Hollingsworth. Yeah. The OG. Um, he is at MD Hollins- Hollingsworth. He is at, he is at MD Hollingsworth on Twitter. And he's at Matt Hollingsworth at IG. He has worked on Tokyo Ghosts, Seven to Eternity. Tokyo Ghosts, I have the t-shirt of that comic book. The, the comic book's awesome. It might be on the show one day. Um, and also Old School Preacher. He's worked on Hellboy and he's worked on Hawkeye. He's born in California, but he lives in Croatia now with wow. his wife, son, and his wiggly tail dog. 
Um, he is also known better for his brewing of beer. Oh, I love it. Yes. Cammy loves beer. I do. <laughs> um, letter, we have Adita Bitker. Um, he is at Adita Bitker on IG, and he's at uh, Addy AB on Twitter. Um, he's worked on titles as Motor Crush, VS. He did Motor Crush? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I haven't read that. Is it good? Really? Yeah. Motor Crush is fun. I still have to read another volume, but it's a really fun one. Well, there you go. You had someone read your letters, Atita, <laughs> in this in Nerdscape. Um, he works on Punk's Not Dead, Isola, Graffiti's Wall, Black Cloud Assassins. He's also worked on Coffin Bound in 18 Days. Um, he actually has a podcast called Letters and Lines. We've got to listen. Yeah. Well, okay. We'll check it out then. Let's do it. Um, and then uh, we have our editor, uh, which was Ben Dieter. He lives in Vancouver. Uh, he is at Pretty Ugly Design, and it's D-S-G-N, Pretty Ugly Design on IG and Twitter. Um, he is worked on indie graphic. He's an indie graphic. He is an indie graphic designer, uh, letter, and illustrator. But Sweet. Camille, guess what, though? You love Little Bird, I right? do. In 2000. Okay. 21. Okay, tell me more. A hopeful future we're all looking for. That's we're looking forward to happy times. In the year 2021, a comic book titled called Precious Metals comes out. Excuse me? It is 35 years prior to the events in Little Bird. Oh. It's a child goes missing, and now one man has to keep it that way. I'm so excited. It is a, what is the term? A pre... A pre post prequel. A prequel. A pre it's a prequel. Pre it is a prequel <laughs> of Little Bird. So get if you get intrigued I'm by so the story, excited. go pick up Little Bird at your local comic book stores, read it, and get ready for Precious Metals. Yeah. Take our advice. Oh, my God. You won't regret it. You really won't. Seriously. Spaghetti people. Spaghetti people. We'll explain that more later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're not spaghetti people. The The story has spaghetti people in it. Some of y'all are spaghetti people, though. <laughs> and not appetizing spaghetti. Cammy. Yes. Please tell everyone what this world we're in, Little Bird, is like. Uh, so we are set in on the continent of North America. Yes. A portion of America. It is, it, it's Canada. And so America the rest of America combined. is overruled by, um, I guess, I don't know, call them organization or just government. That's called the New Vatican of United Nations of America. Yeah. Rocky Mountains, Canada. It is a character named Tantu, Tantu and her basically resistance. Yes. And they're fighting the New Vatican. And they are the last standing like indigenous nation. nation. And so you have the overall you have a dystopia story. Yes. Uh, the environment of rebel warfare is in this. Um, the indigenous community fights a corrupt high tech theocracy. Yep. Um, has but this ha also has an old school like village or tribal feel like with like the warrior standpoint of right. it. But it hits very hard with the high tech material or like weapons that the new Vatican uses. Right. And if you don't know what a theocracy is, it's basically if religious people are ruling the nation, that is exactly what it is. Very religious. It's almost like it's, it's high tech. So sometimes people have like cameras in their helmets or like there's TVs everywhere and like the cities and it's like basically the TV show preacher right. rules the country, but he's very, very serious, corrupt, rules an army. Yes. Yeah, so think about like Blade Runner in a Christian format. Yeah. And so the, the theology that's there is run by a corrupt bishop and a reverend mother. Yes. And it's very corrupt. A, theolo a theological, all-powerful one God is a front to the people. And so everyone in the world, you know, they believe it or not, they don't really touch on people's opinions in this. Um, but but they also practice dark science behind the, the back of everything or what just, maybe is just science. Um, the masses in the cities, you subtly notice that they're sick and diseased. Yeah. Um, what, what looks like they have red skin lesions. So yeah, it's almost like smallpox. It's almost like it's it's probably just straight up. They don't tell you what it is, but it's probably smallpox. Yeah. And 
if you live in the cities, there wasn't like one city person who didn't have it. No. And then the indigenous people who were just like kind of keep live on their own. Right. They live on the land. They don't have smallpox. They look clean as heck. Yes. And so there's no more science or financial economy in the United Nations of America. God is one and the one true authority in yep. this government. Yeah. And even the American flag, it has the stripe still, but where the blue and the stars would be, it's just blue and has a white cross on it. Yep. So you have this crazy new Vatican, powerful, like kind of like the, the bad guys give you a care of a feeling of like omnipotence. Like yes. they No, absolutely. They they it feels yeah, like they just want to rule everything and they're they're scary. Like oh, they're yeah. like real life scary. Yes. And then you have like people who are just trying to live off the land, but and it's like the last I think there was a war, but the war is over. Right. But you still have this rebel pocket yeah. who like doesn't want to give up, like don't want to lose all hope. Yeah. And so there's that side, but also very how just from the comic book, how it changes from that and like the uses like the color tones for like yes. the background. It, it gives it a very almost gothic yes, feel absolutely. when it's like when it needs to and on the high-tech side of it though you have whenever you like see something very high-tech in sci-fi it's like very bright colors it pops um there's ai systems there's yeah. like robot arms um there's all sorts of life forms in this thing this too so, so true. it's not just people right there's a blob human there's like mu muscle penguins there's gut slugs Floating heads, characters in the background look like Superman. Yeah. Um, there's backwards head guy. <laughs> that guy's cool. And so the setting of this, like, which also with the art as well, is like the background is so amazing. Yeah, there are, in my opinion, a lot of Easter eggs, just something like you would not catch otherwise unless you were really paying attention. And I thought that was like really, really cool that Ian did that. So at some point, and hopefully we get more on this in the new. Um, Precious and metals. precious metals. Um, but basically there were previously like genetically modified humans. And so the, they tried this new government or whatever is actually trying to capture and put in prison, all of these different genetically modified people. Yes. And it's just so much fun because the backgrounds, like you have to stop and look at every single corner yes. of the page Cause it's like it's 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 almost hilarious like it's because oh, yeah. the, they have like a like kind of like cabin in the woods style like that movie where they have all like the underground like horror things yeah and it's like that that prison oh, yes 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 it like kind of reminded the scene reminded me of that where the prison is like glass boxes right. and in them you have these like different kind of creatures that yeah. are just like are different people like people and creatures yeah. <laughs> the whole nine it's just this one of them is just it's a guy and he's like his head's turned backwards on his like shoulders yeah but when he's like looking out of his glass cell he just has both his middle fingers up and like so. that's just a weird character yeah <laughs> um but yes there are modified humans um, and this is from, a, uh, I believe it's the Human Modification Project yes. that the New Vatican was doing. Yes, they were doing it. Well, I don't know. We don't have details on we it. We don't have details. But they talk about it. Yeah. And so it's a part of their like history, honestly. Some of the mods started breeding. And when you breed with, breed with this, there's this resurrection gene they talk about. Mm -hmm. And basically, you get, you're just, you're just a weird modified human, like, you can turn into some weird life form because the new Vatican started messing with people's genetics. Right. <laughs> Any life form or living thing that is modified, it's imprisoned. Um, if you go against the new Vatican, right. so there's no science accepted. So if you are a weird creature, you are imprisoned. Yep. Yes. And so there's that side to it. It's like the new Vatican people created this problem right. and they started like, so what, whatever analogy you want to throw at that, right. feel free. You know, <laughs> uh, but also, so in that, crazy sci-fi world you have the indigenous side that's like you know you know guerrilla warfare you know because there's some war scenes like battle scenes um there's also in death so when you die um you go into a world the world that you live on right now is only an island so it's the peak of the mountain sitting above the surface of our perfection uh everything that lies beneath the surface a world within all of us so this goes like it has its own concept of death and you can like when you die it's kind of like a dream state yeah i mean that's the best way i can put it you can visit your past memories yeah and 
I don't know how much control you have over it. It's kind of like seems like usually even with dreams. Right. You kind of can't. I don't know. In dreams, you really can't choose a path. I don't know. Like when you dream, like you're not choosing a path. The path is choosing you. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> and so it touches on that too, but it kind of leaves it ambiguous in a way where you can make your own perspective, which yeah. I kind of, I like. Uh, but yes, they have a death world where you can go talk to old elders. It's almost like uh, Black Panther. Yes. Remember whenever he could go back. And he saw his dad. Yeah, he saw his dad and he saw the past uh, Black Panthers. Right. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. And they have their own concept of it. Their own really cool concept. Yeah. All right. So let's talk characters. So we've got... We've got a good chunk of characters. We got some good guys. We got some bad guys. We got some people who are playing both sides. So I thought that was yeah, really, really interesting. And I was like, okay, this is fun. I really like this. And I was like yelling at my book, like, who the hell do you think you are coming <laughs> in here and doing this? And I know I'm, exactly who you're talking about. So I'm just like, whoa. Um, so we first start off. Uh, Jablar talked about Little Bird, and so Little Bird, she is basically fighting for her fighting for her family she is trying to actually kind of figure out who she is mm -hmm. and then um and try to figure out why she's having to save like her family yes and granted like she's very okay with doing that she's just uh, like she suited uh, up <laughs> this is this is crazy so she like we've said before she's looks very indigenous she is indigenous and she's the just a furious little thing just furious and she's like young she's i don't even think she's and i think she could be in like, like middle school 12 13 years old and i'm yeah. like she's super young and she's just she's got a wielded knife yes and so the, and the first scene is it's about the, there's about the a battle is about to happen between the indigenous community a tribe and then there's a and then like the army's on its way right and then so the little bird is the daughter of tantu who we'll get into um and tantu hides her like in a box before the battle happens and so basically you know stay in this shelter and then you know she comes out and then she has to go on this big journey basically afterwards right um but she's small she has but she has to grow up fast as you said um which by trial by combat um, she yields a dagger and fights like a banshee. Yeah, she yeah, does. She gets, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty fierce. Um, she has hair sometimes. Like, it's pretty cool to art. Like, her hair is just, like, dark, like, and long. And sometimes it looks like feathers. Like, there's feathers in her hair, but it sometimes it looks like her hair is feathers. Sometimes. Really? Yeah. Like, it has, like, the, like, feather, like, vein. And, like, kind of, okay. like, some, some scenes they'll throw it in more than others. Okay. Um, hair like feathers it's kind of her signature that they fall off of her sometimes right. and it makes her really cool like i don't know and i think that has something to do with another part of the book like now that you're saying that and i'm just like oh wait that kind of makes sense uh, though i'm not saying anything. we'll talk about it <laughs> but um but it's kind of crazy because uh some of the characters that you'll see that they sit and this goes back to the whole you know indigenous community want to live its own life and it goes to like them, you know, God is the one and powerful thing. If you don't follow that, you're wrong. But she, instead of saying my God, she says my elders. And right. it just hushes on that, you know, some communities go off their past ancestral stuff harder than they do like the one God idea. Right. And there's nothing wrong with both of them. Right. It's just like you do you just don't be rude about it. Yes. Simply put. Uh, so now let's talk about Tantu. And so Tantu is Little Bird's mother. Mm -hmm. And so right now Tantu is, is basically like on the run and then captured as yes. well. She's the leader of the Canadian Northern Resistance. Yes. And so she is captured by the New Vatican and she's <laughs> in trouble. So that's why Little yeah. Bird is like trying to get things figured out. But Tantu is very much showed her daughter that you have to fight the good fight and you have to stand for what you believe and you'll have to take risks for yes. the people that you care about especially when you're such dire straits that's right. the term and we'll get in that with the q a but it's just these people are being like super oppressed right and when your back is against the wall i don't think a lot of us know really what your back is against the wall no like when you're starving and you're just trying to live your life and you have this whole like 
yeah, it, it has a very, this resistance is about hope. We have to do this and, you know, put it on the line or just get in line, go get smallpox. I yeah. Guess. Go get in line with everyone else. Uh, okay. So next we have one of our, another like big main characters and he is referenced to as the Bishop or like the Vicar of Christ. And basically he is kind of the face kind of leader because they have a uh what is it a board of members that actually yes. rule everything they have a we, we weren't introduced to them but yeah it's like a counseling yes. they're, usually the bishop and the reverend mother they're counseling on how to stop the northern canadian resistance right and, and like but they also have bosses they have to answer to right and they're trying to avoid at all costs to yes. be kind of like reprimanded for but yes and then they are trying to mask this like truth from like the masses that like you know they're all godly like but they are doing stuff like in the background just as any probably powerful yeah, like yeah. government basically all ruling government would do um and so, and that's what led to doing that's what led to doing experiments on humans which right. started the modification thing and then they turned everyone against mods <laughs> right well i don't know that one's still up in the air it's up in the because air. i don't know air. if the new vatican was the one or if it was scientists prior and the new Vatican maybe got their hands in it a little bit, yes. and then uh, things turned bad. So we're like, oh crap, we've got to cover our tracks. <laughs> um, but the bishop, he is—he's the face of this leadership, and so he's—he's he's the one telling his minions to go do this or that. You know, um, he's leading his quote-unquote people, and he thinks he's doing the right thing. Yes. Uh, you know, he's taking murder and but death. With that, the bishop hands. and the with, with the bishop and the reverend mother side, they also have an army of genetically made like super weapon. Yeah, things. like there's like little tiny like kids that you look at them and they're like you're like oh those are like angels. Yeah, they're and... like the bishops. Uh, they're like the bishops, basically servants. Yeah, and they're just they they have their bald shaved heads and they wear like just black like cloaks. But they look like little like preachers. Yeah. And whenever their co their little cloaks open up, they don't have, they have like no... intestines. No. It's just like spaghetti meat. Like it looks like ground beef, and yes, like string ground beef. Yeah. Ground and, beef. But they can move those like tentacle red fleshy like. like it's it, weird. It's weird. It's, it's so, so weird. weird. And I think it this story does a great job with just showing you this world without like totally explaining it to you. Right. So even with this, you know, new one that's coming out in 2021, Precious Metals, like you want to see right. like, oh, was there a genetics project? Right. Was like, you know, does stuff go wrong? Oh, but you're still using it for your servants right. and your army. He, he has an army of like 12, they call them. And they're just like these like- Huge, like iron giant huge. They're, they're, yeah, they're big. They're pretty big. And then they, they, they're sent, they blow stuff up, and then they just, you know, they kill everyone, Gosh, yeah. and they're just modified crazy weapons. Yeah, it's it's wild. So now we have the axe. The axe. The axe. He's cool. He's one of my favorites. He's just, in my opinion, he's like the lumberjack of the military. Like, he's just jacked. Uh, he wears a t-shirt that has a maple leaf on it, so you know he's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just this, like, really powerful guy, and he is technically considered a genetically modified uh, human. Yes, he is an offspring of a modified human. Okay. But I, I believe, yeah, like I said, there's no details, right. super details, but it's it's only talked about that, that the modified humans started breeding, and then their children... Had uh, obtained actual, I guess, uh, adaptations. I guess. So you go yeah. and splice someone's genes up, and it does whatever it does with their offspring. Right. Like I guess it's like fold in folds right. what you get. He is basically inv invincible. Yeah, he's invincible. He is a bullet and stabbing sponge. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. He has. He kind of has the Wolverine power. No. Yeah. Will. I was like that for sure. Is so true. He's super tall and he is very much like the brooding guy 
and he reminds me of how the professional is it's basically you've got this guy he's super loner doesn't want to like be noticed just wants to be left alone and then you have a young girl or a young child coming up to you and kind of like entering in on your space and wanting to do everything but of course in this story little bird is here to say hey i need you to help me fight against these this these people yes and he was uh he fought the battle he's i guess the war that went on prior to this and this pocket of resistance that still exists he's been in the war and he's fought for that side so he's kind of a beaten down soldier if you will and he's just he doesn't want to he's kind of just yeah yeah he's tired he's been through a lot yeah and he's old he's he's uh you know he's really big and swollen like i said he's just he's a bullet sponge you know his invincibility but i guess maybe that can even get tiring just you know all the scars you just build from it um and there's also this the story is really good about keeping things secret and making them up for yourself so where Axe falls in uh, t- with Little Bird and Tantu and even like his his past relationship with the bishop and everything, right. that still all needs to be told, really. Yeah. But you know, there's moments where Little Bird does call him Grandpa, and you're like, wait, do you call him Grandpa because it is your Grandpa, or you call him Grandpa because he's like, you know, your Grandpa, Grandpa, like right, you're, like you're an cool. elder, yeah, elder, exactly. Yeah, like a play Grandpa almost. Yes. And then it shows, you know. It shows scenes like in the past, flashbacks where Tantu is pregnant with Little Bird, and you know there's questions like, "Who is the father?" We don't know. Yeah, still to be answered. It's we have a lot of unanswered questions. But that's how they get you hooked. Yeah, it's so good. I, I unimaginably is so good. Um, those are usually all the main characters. There are some side ones, and you know there's like you know army characters. Um, there's also ones that pass by. There's scavengers of this world too, and they kind of like you know float around, uh, and then they're like drunk. They're like drunks and they're junkies, and they're also ex like military types yeah. who maybe were the lost that side of the war to New Vatican, and they just don't want to be a part of anything. Right. And so they search around for precious metals with their ship that has a big magnet on it. Mm-hmm. So. Better find out some more about that. So, and that's also where you get a little flavor of kind of like the high tech society that this world has, but like people who have high tech and they're still just like poor and still have the smallpox and right. like you know um, the New Vatican people don't like them. They call like you know they call them sinners and they just you know they they have interactions. I forgot to mention kind of a I guess a very key piece. So the resurrection gene is only found in the people who were in the Elder's Hope. Yes. And so, uh, okay. yeah. The Death World is Elder's Hope. No, 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 no. The Death World is a city. Elder Hope is the last indigenous community. Okay, yes, yes. Yeah, so the only people who have the resurrection gene are the people left in Elder's Hope, or certain people in El- yes. Elder's Hope. And so basically, this resurrection gene allows you to die and then come back to life now where the time flow is on that because we also it also gets more into that dream world we were talking about um we're not sure if when you are resurrected (laughs) if you're in the past or in the present or the future well maybe not so much the future but the past or the present where you were kind of stuck on but that is and it almost explains looking for those past and present timelines in your life as a stairwell that's in the shape of an infinity sign yeah and who knows how long that stairwell is on each side, how it goes. Right. But I have heard, um, I remember a friend told me one time that sometimes in dream state that your mind can can go anywhere at once. Like it doesn't have to follow the concept of time. Okay. So it can go anywhere on your life timeline. And maybe that's connected to your ancestors, which is your elder's hope okay. that is connected to that. So it's like maybe the dreams you have are from yeah your past lives but your past answers ancestors lives like, right who knows if they have the same mind as like reincarnation maybe they have their own mind and now you're just sharing their memories yeah you yeah know? and yeah so it touches on that and as you know death and dreams is a very ambiguous term that people have their own opinions on yeah 
it leaves you up to that interpretation and you know it's a great subject to write about in a I story agree. because yeah you could put your own interpretation you could put if this is an indigenous community's uh, interpretation like death and life and everything right. like that it's it's beautiful. <laughs> it's done so, so well. I, I picked it up randomly going to the comic book store, and I was like, this looks really well drawn and colored. I was like, okay, I'm going to read it. And I, I read it, and I was just blown away by how really seamless this story is put together, but how much detail they include on both sides, yes. trying to understand what is going on. Like this, in my opinion, could be made into like a TV series or a movie. Maybe it would be a, amazing. I think it would be an epic movie. Like, yeah. yeah, start off in the the, the Rocky Mountains and snow, and yep. you've got Little Bird and like her big winter coat with daggers in her hand yes, oh like, man it would be oh yes oh man that would be so cool yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, you see the scene in the, your head already i'm thinking of one of the scenes one of with little bird i think it's in the beginning i think you know which scene i'm talking about she's in the snow yeah and she's getting ready it's I like think a wolf so. stalking her yes 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 yes, yes. so they're an interaction with it tells like a story you know i guess you know an elder story and then as it's happening, the story is like taking place. Yeah. And it's, it's with the wolf and it's awesome. Yeah. The boxes were great. But yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Little Bird in a nutshell. Yeah. It is amazing art. Uh, Ian Bertram. Like he there, there it. was times I wanted to just, I stopped and I like, had it like, she already, Cammie had already read it. And I was just like, look at this. Like, she's like this, this piece right here. just like, I just want to stare at it. Yeah. And it's just like some soldiers in the woods. And I was just like, oh, like it was yeah. so good. And I frequent his Instagram because I just look at all his work and I'm just like, I need this tattooed on me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You do. You do want a tattoo yeah, on him. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this would be an amazing back piece. Okay. So. We'll yeah. See. We're. Uh, to help dive and immerse us even more in this story that we've talked about, we're going to have a little Q&A. <laughs> that we came up with some pretty intense questions. Oh, yeah. I've, I'm not prepared. You came up with these questions. Yeah, I mean, it's just new. Just a couple. <laughs> There's just two of them. So we'll start with our <laughs> basic. Well, there was four. <laughs> our basic questions. So who's your favorite character? Oh, favorite character. <laughs> the axe. The axe was my favorite character. <laughs> I mean, the axe was my favorite character. No. The axe uh, is just—he's just a brute with an axe, but he has like a kind heart, and he is, you know, grandpa in a sense. He—he yeah. he felt like you know everyone's grandpa. Yeah. And yeah, just the or the grandpa that you wish you had. Yes, and you're just sitting. You're sitting. Him sitting at a fire, just you know, and then. I, just the, the artwork they have with him doing that, his relationship with Little Bird, and just the you know when he when it takes action when he's in battle like some of the stuff is just it's it's ridiculous yeah. like he just oh you know in some comic books and you know even you know cartoons when the people are shooting them they're like oh the bullets are flying right by them oh how convenient right. <laughs> and it's just like all these bullets hit the axe and he's just like yeah <laughs> just cuts on with his axe. Yep. Um, but yes, and I'm very interested to learn about his past. Yes. I mean, I like the X too, but now I feel like I have to pick an another character. I mean, granted, all of the characters had some... I could favorite some of the characters, even some of the bad ones, because I was like, he's just a well-written character. Yes, he is. Like, that's just how it simply put. But Little Bird was on point. She really was just this intense character that you want to know more about and kind of travel with her. That's how I felt. I was like traveling with her. I was, yeah, I was cheering for her. Cheering. Like, cause yeah, cause she, you know, sometimes she's caught as a prisoner of war in this. Right. And you're like, damn. And then, you know, as she's like, you know, doing conniving stuff to like, you know, try to escape, she's like telling a story and like her, uh, kind of her conscious bubbles. Yes. And it's I like stories like that where the characters have conscious bubbles yes. and like they can be either retelling a story or like thinking of like what they're gonna do their next move. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she she does it. Her her and Axe they put it down. Yeah, like they, they do. have to like fight with each other. And yeah, she's vicious. Mm -hmm. And even she, you know, takes a like a beating sometimes or oh gets caught by yeah. a bullet that's flying by. And yeah, it's intense. So. Little, Little bird. bird, axe, 
they're we love the main characters we really do. all the ones are really good too yeah um okay our next oh and we almost forgot to say shout out to oki the owl oh yeah Oki. it is little birds owl yeah. and honestly i bet there's gonna be some depth stories oh yeah to oki owl. yeah i think so too <laughs> and, but it, for the time being in this one she's just like oki oh there you are <laughs> i don't know that's how she sounds she's like oki oh no i don't know remember me ew i don't like them happy halloween <laughs> <laughs> all right our next question is what was your favorite you know scene or part or as a whole what did you like the most about little bird i loved um the i loved both sides and how they fit together with the like the old school like indigenous communities and honest, honestly also also gave me the vibe like the gothic feel with like when you looked at the cities and like the people who were like poor and like the regular like citizens of yeah. this new vatican nation right and they have that side of it but the techno te technology side the sci-fi side where it's like they show their tech side the technology was just like really cool right. uh new ideas yes uh, there's one idea where it's a human 3d printing communication device yes and so kind of how in star wars whenever they have like the hologram message where it's like you know they do you know that's how they talk to each other by holograms this one you get in this little like i guess a 3d printer the you get into the device you stand in it and it like 3d prints you 3d prints you to someone else's device yes. so it's like a communication device but uh when you're talking with them so you're you, you're both everything you're doing on your side, your 3D printed versions doing, but there are neuron stimulators that transmit physical touch when uh, making the holograph phone yep. call, and so you know it's you're talking to like the bishop, so and the bishop could like slap you and like right. you're gonna feel it if he slaps you, yep. or you know I, could he kill you from the 3D printing thing? I don't know. Thing? That would be an interesting take. So it's like it literally puts you, it kind of builds you your version avatar in someone else's house if you will yeah uh but yes there's also a weapon called the u blaster and i'm not going to spoil that one for you because it was so cool god it was so it, yeah, cool yeah. it was cool and it was just like like mouth dropping i was just, my mouth dropped and i was just like this is an amazing idea for some it's basically like some plasma like they use this plasma weapon just really hot and it is Okay, yeah. You see it for yourselves. The yeah. U blaster. I call that little weapon out, but yes, I love the tech and I love the what's a good word for like just two opposite things like being the contrast. Like the the measurement of the contrast of like that side of the indigenous side and like the city side that was just poor and then the tech side was just really well done yeah. and really well balanced because one scene you're in the Rocky Mountains and you know it's dark and you're gonna live by fire and the next scene like it's like rainbow circles and you know yeah. like bright screens and AI right yeah I mean that was really really good um, I'd also like to mention for everyone that this book is not for the faint of heart. No. Um, spaghetti meat. There's, <laughs> it legitimately looks like spaghetti meat. So yeah. uh, just be careful. Yes. Take caution. Protect yourself. What was your favorite thing about it? The artwork. The artwork. Artwork, hands down. It just, it blew me away every time like i've reread it and like looked it over and every single time i'm just like holy smokes like yes it's just beautifully done it's i can't even describe the style it's just it's it, so well done ian bertram got it's the cross hatching shading yes like you can see it you can feel it like sometimes even like on the trees you see the cross hatching and the shading so you're just like the hands, the, the hand, what's it called? The handcrafting it took oh, yeah. to do this is amazing and stands alone. And then for the people, like there's different styles. Like they kind of like, you know, they have shadings on their face. Like right. that is just like kind of like dark, just like little lines. But it gives it that like, it makes people look ugly when they need to look like ugly. Right. And it's just like. And that's the, the contrast I was talking about, too. It's like there are like it makes the bishop like he just looks like an evil. Right. Crappy Benevolent. human being. Yeah. And, but it's it, but it can say people. I think Reverend Mother more looks like, you know, she's more bosomy and like big. Pump right. Face, yeah. She's, she's like, like glowing. She's supposed to be like this motherly figure. Yes. 
So I did a great job making them look just like like that. And then with that, you got to take making this gothic looking thing, but then do high tech stuff. Right. And modified like lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the artwork is done spectacularly. <sighs> yes. I, I, I Some of these pieces yeah. need to be in art shows, galleries. I could see it now to be like, I, I want to buy this. Is this what? $10,000? Yeah. And I'll just stare at it for a second. <laughs> um, next question. Officially. Uh, so, if you had to live in the new world, how do you think you'd cope and kind of navigate that realm? If I was in the new world, this new Vatican world... I would probably be a part of the resistance. It depends on where I was, because if I was like in Texas and then the new Vatican was taken over, I mean, we'd probably adjust to the lifestyle. And right. it, it's just crazy because it has like this imperialistic, like colonial thing that yeah. feels like it, but it's also could be in the, the far future. There's no indication of the date or right. what, what time period you're in. So it's like high tech, but still there's this stuff that resists. Yeah. And if I was living in Northern Canada area and life was so bad where we all still had smallpox right. and we were really freaking poor, I would probably join some resistance because at that moment, like you're starving, you have nothing else to do. And that is like real oppression. Yeah. And that's where like a fiery hope will come out to like, I'd rather just die for like the promise of a new world where it's not ruled by this like heavy hand. Right. Yeah. I so absolutely I, agree. I would, I'd probably die for <laughs> because the new vatican is very strong and their shoulders oh, yeah. are crazy and i think yeah in this story like no one regular human's gonna save it it's gonna have to be these modified uh human beings yeah. that do it yeah and so it's scary it's, it's scary. Actually, you were terrified in all this i know it was just it it was so intense i was just like I how would you manage because yes it terrifies you I would be <laughs> terrified. Again, I would try my best to get to um, Elder's Hope. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I'd die trying to protect my future as well as, like, my family's future because that's what's important. I don't want to have this disease because y'all can't figure out what y'all trying to do. I, I need to be... But it's like the disease is so omnipresent that it was just like... You're gonna have it if you're gonna be part of New Vatican, yeah. which oh god, it kind of makes me think what of if what, what if it's literally just eczema? Oh, uh, yeah, it could be eczema, could just be eczema, eczema. And then as soon as you leave and you get into like nature, you know, start eating better and Moisturizing living better, yeah, then well, guess what? No more eczema, like, yeah, all right, and little bird. All the civilians have eczema. It's just dry skin. It's <laughs> just, just dry, dry skin. skin. I didn't know I had eczema for a while until I thought. It, <laughs> so when I slowly discovered my eczema people, I thought I had ringworms. <laughs> and I was like blaming my dog. Yeah, the whole entire time. Her. And then when I was looking at it, I was like, I think you just have eczema. And then I went to a dermatologist and she was super nice. Yeah. And she's like, you don't have ringworms, you have dry skin. <laughs> and I was like, how many times do you shower? I was like, I've been showering furiously and maybe like three times in like a day, four times a day because of this. And just like, your skin's dry, moisturized. <laughs> it changed my life. Ha it definitely has. Yes. I said, yes. You got the shower, just put lotion. Just Use put lotion. lotion on. It's, if you can brush your teeth, you can lotion. Or you will get eczema circles and think they're ringworms. Yeah. And have a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, because I've done the same thing. I'm just yes. like, because it's like when you have pets, like, you know, you're prone to yes. ringworms. And so I even thought like on my face, I was like, well, I rub my face you on dirty my dog. little shit. And I was just like, oh, no, I have eczema or not eczema, but I have ringworm. And so. <laughs> Then I really was paying attention to like my skin and like I was just like, Camille, it's your eczema flaring up. Stop, stop this. So next question, last question. Do you believe that after death there is either a dream world or a world after that potentially all you would do is relive? the past hmm. like where you live certain moments in your life i am honestly now that you say that out loud it makes sense to me 
because if anyone's gonna make sense of death, they're never. It's always gonna be like an opinion or like like your experience of what you went off. Right. And I don't know. I mean, you're you're one of the only people I've met who uh, you have a fine definition of what deja vu is. Yes. So whenever deja vu happens, you have like this. It's almost like a numbness, and you're like, wait, like. I've been here before. Right. Like, this has happened before. And most people that I've met don't have an answer for it. It's just like, oh, deja vu. Like, I feel like I've done this before. But I remember that you can remember that moment happening in a dream you had when you were a little kid. Yeah. So that's basically how I have experienced quote unquote deja vu. I have had a dream about being in a specific place or doing a specific thing or like it could be a dream that it's just simply like almost like a picture. Um, like there was a time where I had a dream that I was sitting at a desk and there were pink and yellow papers on my desk. I couldn't see what room I was in. I just saw the desk and the papers. And lo and behold, when I was like living in Indiana, I was sitting yeah. at that desk <laughs> looking at pink and yellow paper. So I was like, holy yeah. smokes, I had a dream about this. So yeah. it's just, it's and you can, different. And, and then the brain instantly connects that. But so we're saying with that, with this question, yes, I strongly, I do believe that after death, you know, cause when you're dreaming, there's still like energy in your body yeah. and your brain still functioning. But when you die, that all stops. So it's hard to think because for me, coming from more of a religious background, it's like heaven is where you want to go. You don't yeah. want to go to hell. Hell is not fun. What if heaven or hell or mindsets? Like if you live a blissful life, you know, in death, it's positive. Most if it is, you know, you'll go to what you think heaven is. I don't know. because I mean, based on Christian value or Christian religion, yeah. just Christianity as a whole... You go to hell if you sin. You go to heaven There's if a lot of you loopholes don't for that. commit sin. It, there is. Go and talk to so the father real quick. It's like I, I, it's a weird situation to have all these rules and I then have father. rules to change that that go around. It's kind of like our government. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Christianity is, is different on that end. And so for me, it's a little bit hard to, I guess it's not hard, but trying to understand, well, what if heaven and hell are not real? What if we are going to go to some dream state yeah. of, of just a dream state of time? Yeah. You and should start just, a church. <laughs> <laughs> that's called a cult. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Christianity is a cult. Yes, but you know it could be a happy cult. There's nothing wrong with re anybody's religion. No, it's just this. And this book touches on religion pretty hard and puts it in a shameful light yes. with this, uh, you know, this new Vatican world and it's ruled by power. But in my opinion, it's been like that for years and years. Like in Europe back in the day, it yeah. was heavy-handed. Yeah, especially you know back then, it was just like the people. There was no communications or sharing or calling these people out. Right, and you know to that state too, like. The fact that there's one God religion that just like swept over America and, it, you know, we don't even learn about, you know, indigenous uh, religions at all. No. And it makes you think of this story, and I'm just going to paraphrase it a bit. It's about this, uh, whenever the Puritans first came to America, they talked to Native Americans and they exchanged stories about uh, what they believed in. The priests from Europe told the Native American hey, this is a story about Jesus. He died for our sins. There's one God, gave him the whole rundown. And then the and then the Native American uh, told the, the priest, oh, that's a beautiful story that your mother told you. Let me tell you the story my mother told me. And then the priest got all upset, and he's like, no, Jesus, Christianity, you know, Catholicism, whatever he was preaching, uh, the version of it of one God, that's the only true God. You can't follow anything else. And boom, bang, boom. Years and years later, a big struggle and push, push back and forth. Smallpox spreads, kills off, you know, most of the Americans. And you still have this, tr this pocket of this resistance right. trying to fight off that and just live on their own stuff. Right. And so religion can in the religion in the hands of men can be used. It's 
deadly venomously and you know could be used properly which in my opinion in a proper way is just take care of your own family and not worrying about other people's stuff yeah mind your business but back in the day it was extra heavy-handed because you're right. trying to call on you're trying to colonize a new world and then yeah with your disease which was you know more powerful than the religion you were yeah. trying to spread oh but well, that's an old story yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that's but yeah but what we're trying to say with the religion aspect they touched on this religion in the hands of men yes. can be that's when it goes south exactly. and it gets bad and shit, I think I'm having deja vu right now. Really? <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> it's spooky season. Yeah. <laughs> no, I seriously, yeah, that's weird. But yes, um, if anyone has any opinions on death, share them with us. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're on iTunes or if you're on our uh, Instagram, please, like in the comments below, like let us know how do you feel about dreams and death? Are they intertwined? And are they a link to your past, present, and future? Yes, I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good cue. To end it here. Yes. Thank you for listening to episode six. Yes. Um, just to, to reiterate, um, this is Little Bird from Image Comics. Um, the... We've got Darcy Van Polgeist as our writer. We've got Ian Bertram as our artist. And we've got Matt Hollingsworth as our colorist. And don't forget about good old Adita Bitker. Um, remember his podcast, Letters and Lines. Let's go to listen. Yeah. And Ben Dieter, the editor, because, you know, about the team, can't do it. And look out for Precious Metals. Yes. They're coming out. They, didn't, they only gave a uh, teaser. Oh, that's uh, rude. Teaser post about it. I think they I heard it was like yet. in March or April. Okay. It so. probably will be in spring then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Little Bird, amazing story. Um, thank you for listening to Nerd Escape. Where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. You know it. Bye, y'all. <laughs> y'all have a good one. <laughs> Next time. On Nerd Escape Podcast. We will be discussing my favorite comic book. He's very excited. By my favorite comic book writer. So excited. Deadly Class by Rick Remender. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I'm not, I'm not. We don't have time. Just introduce it. Deadly Class from Image Comics. It is a comic book about a high school for assassins. Yep. This comic book says weight of culture has a weight of diversity has a weight of just it ah, i can't wait to talk about deadly class it's gonna be a doozy and thank you for listening bye see ya